0: It's six o'clock. Time to call Baird Brothers, America's source for fine hardwood since 1960. The Valley's News, Weather, and Sports Station. News Radio, 570, WKBN, Youngstown. Here's it.
1: Valley. Good afternoon. I'm Macy Jepson. A Youngstown teenager is now charged with negligent vehicular homicide and the death of a man walking alongside Mahoning Avenue in August. State Highway Patrol says 17 year old Evan Schobel was not paying attention when his vehicle struck 65 year old Thomas Smith of Warren, who had run out of gas and was pushing his motorcycle. Investigators say there is no evidence that Schobel was using his cell phone at the time. A 15 year old girl is facing charges for a bomb threat at Grove City Middle School. Grove City Police say they plan to file charges of threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction and disorderly conduct against the student. The threat was made last Thursday. And a teenager has been sentenced to 21 years in prison for admitting he had a part in a deadly shootout on Youngstown Southside three years ago. 19-year-old Stashon Dates pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter and the death of Jesse Davidick. The killing was over a drug deal gone bad. Crews were out overnight putting down road salt because of slippery roads. Tom Kletchka of the Trumbull County Engineer's Office has a reminder for 27 First News that road conditions can change quickly. If you just
2: watch your speed and adjust to the conditions, uh, you, you shouldn't have any problems at all. Just a you know quick reference that you know if the normal speed limit's 55, you may want to drop it down to 45 or 50, depending on the conditions for that roadway.
1: And yet another story about an adult overdosing on drugs while a small child is in their care.
2: Camel
3: police have arrested a feral woman who was found overdosing on drugs in a car while her five-year-old daughter was in the car with her, screaming and scared. Colleen O'Donnell was passed out. Then when police woke her up, she was swaying and slurring her words. As for the little girl, she's okay. She is in the custody of Children's Services.
1: Tom Moore reporting from the insurance experts, our Kashmirian Associates News Center. I'm Macy Jepson on Youngstown Warren's Only News Radio 570 WKBN.
0: More stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. Nine ninety nine 99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's.
4: Friday. Don't be left out in the cold this winter. Call Massa Heating and Girard, 545-6063. Your factory authorized Bryant dealer. Quiet weather this evening and overnight, staying mainly clear, staying breezy too, lows falling into the low 30s, increasing clouds for your Tuesday, still gusty wind, highs near 50. Rain showers will develop into your Tuesday night mixing to snow showers toward Wednesday morning. Less than an inch, lows near 30. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. It's 40 degrees. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any... Any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show, and from News
3: Radio Five Seventy WKBN, Time now for uh, John Arnold and to the investing show here till seven o'clock tonight on News Radio Five Seventy WKBN. All right, so John, what's going on as far as the markets today? What we're stu- we what's close to Thanksgiving? We're getting into the what do you call it the uh, the Santa Claus rallies? What are your thoughts? Going to
2: happen? What's going on out there? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a great Santa Claus rally. I think we're going to have a great—I I hate even using this term, but that's what the audience familiar—it's right, familiar with. So we're going to call it Black Friday. Reluctantly, um, I call it Greed Friday. But uh, it, it, it's, we're going to have a good—we're going to have a good showing, man. Unless uh, something drastically happens between Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, I think your uh, your Greed Friday is going to be excellent, and the retailers are going to be happy. And then the reports, uh, Monday, I think, which will, I think they call it Technology Monday or something, where you order online special discounts like Amazon. And I, I just think overall it's going to be great. Um, and something you were alluding, you know, I was listening to you show, your show earlier, which by the way, I 100% agree with. Um, you know, employers right now are having a hard time finding really high quality workers. And that's because they, uh, they're, they're doing really well. That's the truth. And I think they're going to do even better year after, uh, when the holidays start.
3: All right. So, what are you doing with uh, with your investors right now? With uh, you know, every time you know, every time we talk here on Monday, obviously the following week you've had uh, new investors, new money that's come that said, "Hey, I'm tired of uh, not not getting any attention or being taken for granted or whatever the case might be." You know, you yourself tell me, "Hey, you know, just about anybody should be doing pretty good financially as far as their investments are concerned," but a lot of people don't think they're getting the attention that they deserve. What are you doing with the new money that's coming your way? On the sidelines, investing. What are you doing?
2: No, no, hell no. I am. Um, we're fully invested, and 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 which is unusual for me because I, because in the previous show you've heard that the markets at the top, and I've been waiting and waiting and looking, for, you know, for that penetration point to go into the market head first, and I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't hold off any longer. I can't. I couldn't look at my clients in the eyes when the markets hit new highs already So. You know, we jumped in reluctantly uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on, the, on the fundamental side, on the technical side. It makes all the sense in the world with the momentum and everything at the relative strength that everything's at. So uh, we're immediately putting the money to work. Uh, as soon as the checks come in and we're past, the, we're past the holding period, we put the money to work. And we got some home runs out there that I've talked about before. ISRG, uh, we bought that, say, last February even year before. That this, And we bought that in the, I want to say, the 600s. That went to 1,000 and did a three-for-one split for us this year. So people are really happy with us on that IHI, Medical Device ETF. I think we're up like 45% on that year-to-date. Uh, and then the Amazon, of course, has been a home run. Facebook's been a home run. And that's not to say I don't have losers. I have some losers um, uh, in there. But uh, overall, the portfolios are really doing well. Um, and uh, I always obviously have to disclose it. Could very well be wrong, have been wrong in the past, and that's for risky investors only. And, uh, that could be, we could be losing on the other end too. It's just the same, we just happen to have a great year going.
3: All right, so uh, so you're still in, investing. and in, are we are you, are you still in the same general areas with all of your portfolios? The high risk, the moderate, and the low risk. Have there been any major changes there?
2: Yeah, there's there's been a major change. Uh, banking has really been light, and commercial real estate's really let us down. We thought banking and commercial real estate were going to be home runs, just like uh, XLI and XLB and uh some their other stuff we we have again i don't i could say it all but i'd say I don't, like to, I don't like to give away the farm but um just to mention a couple like amazon and stuff when you have etfs and, and individual equities performing on one side you know at the 20 30 40 percent marks and then you have you know kbe barely pulling a gain for the year it's hard to justify that to your investors when the market's at 15 percent so you know we moved out of Reluctantly, we've got a KBE because I think that KBE, by the way, is for listeners out there. Is like XLF, it's the financials, it's the banks. Same thing with commercial real estate. I thought uh, between the Trump, Trump, uh, the Trump train, uh, you know, he's obviously an expert in real estate, especially commercial real estate. Interest rates being down low, uh, infrastructure being rebuilt, both both uh, on the residential side and the commercial side and the government side. I thought it was a no brainer for retail. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Something called XLRE, which is the real estate ETF that we were in, and I think that's pulled off like a seven or eight percent return, and that sucks when you have a fifteen percent market. So it's not been all, you know, it's not been all hip hip or off for John Arnold. But what's happened is, is, a lot of our big, you know, our big gains have outweighed the moderate gains and have come through. Um, Pretty handily and overcome those, you know, underperformers. And like everybody, I, John Arnold is not this great genius, brilliant, you know, high-end money manager, and nobody else is. It's, it's the, the bottom line is we're having a great market. I got some good picks going, um, and uh, we got a couple below-average returners as well in there. So uh, the main thing that people are coming into us, believe it or not, is 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 not been like from other financial advisors because, like I said, and you pointed out. Everybody's having a pretty kick-ass year this year, and, and good for them. I'm happy for them, believe it or not. That means that their clients are doing well, and that's a, that's what's important to me. Uh, and then, believe it or not, I'm a big fan. This is something you criticize me on, but I'm a big fan of financial advisors in general. And I, when I say financial advisors, I mean investment advisors, true investment advisors, people that I think give our name a good good name you know, not people who are selling the 20-year indexed annuity uh, for the commission or the the viatical or some other bozo uh, piece of crap investment and get a commission. And you never hear from them again. I'm talking about the guys that are doing their best to uh, communicate and, and do the research and put together a plan. Um, our industry is going for a war right now and uh, unfortunately there's a lot of guys in our industry that are very weak and very timid or afraid of their broker-dealers and your, you know, or there are RIAs that they're with, and they're afraid to stand up to them, and they're getting destroyed. Uh, I'm fortunate to where I created my own years ago, and I can do what's right, always what's right for the client, and no one's got a, a gun in my head, so to speak, in terms of how to invest. So um, we can get in that to a longer show about my industry overall uh, with what's called Robo Advisors, where it's taking people there, and then obviously... What the market in general, as far as investment advisors go, are doing to the, my, my peers and the competition, of which, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. So um, with that said, a lot of changes, but, boy, it couldn't happen. The changes couldn't happen on a better year with the market, uh, you know, with a 15% 16% return mark, and that's fantastic.
3: All right. I want to bounce, I want to bounce something off of you from, uh, it says market is, market is clearly near a top, says longtime bull, Jeremy Siegel. Next year will likely bring lower returns and perhaps a pause for the stock market. Wharton School finance professor Jeremy Siegel told CNBC, we have one more push and I think it's connected with the corporate tax reform. The longtime bull said next year he sees returns of less than 10%. Does that carry any credibility with you or what are your thoughts about it? About
2: that, none. And let me tell you the reason why. You know, no one calls these—I don't know—I I want to use the right terminology. These analysts who are—they they are way more wrong than they are right. You can have all the Ivy League school degrees in the world and worst college of business in the world and all the letters behind your name, and I got—I got degrees and I got letters behind my name too. But at the end of the day, that and fifty cents won't buy you a cup of coffee. That's—that's that's the truth. All right, so. These guys are mostly wrong. I put zero weight into that guy when he's wrong, and when somebody calls him out on CNBC when he's wrong, he never says, "Well, I'm wrong." He never says, "Well, you know, check check that mark in the in the in the Xbox." Like, like a lot of times, I'll do. I'll say I was wrong on this, or I overplayed this, my, my hand on this one. These guys never admit fault, and they're and they're more wrong than they're right. So I put zero uh, weight into what he says. Secondly, I don't I don't agree with what he says. I think that if tax reform goes through, you're going to have another 15% year. Again, that's an, that's an opinion, not a fact. And uh, historically, believe it or not, what I'm saying is doesn't make sense uh, from the market standpoint because traditionally, if we have a 15, let's say we have a 10%, or excuse me, we finish up at 20% for the year from January 1 to December 31st. Let's excuse me. Let's hypothetically say. We finish up at 20% for the SP 500, which is about 12% above beta. All right, normal. We, what should happen, mathematically, from the averages, is we should have a 0% year next year. Okay? And that's because the markets average between 8 and 10% a year since so 1929 over every 10 year rolling period. So what should happen is we should have a 0% return, which is probably what this guy is basing it on. And he's just trying to make. He's trying to make news, and he's trying to attract attention, he's trying to basically um, make sure his paycheck keeps coming. But there's but the one thing about the market that no one ever tells you is it has no memory. The market has no memory of numbers. It's like when people talk about when we watch a college football game or how they did this and that versus this opponent over these years. Well, it really doesn't matter because those players are gone, The new players are in, We have got new coaches, new strategies. The same exact thing happens with the stock market, and no one really tells the clients or the listeners the real, and the real is one has nothing to do with the other. Maybe you'll have six years where up and four years are down to where you'll have an over oh, average of every 10 years of 10 to 8%, which is true. But that doesn't mean you can't have back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back double-digit returns. And, and you got a very bullish president right now, Who's doing a lot of great things, and if that tax reform goes through, the bottle on the the cap on the champagne is just gonna is gonna rock off the top, and everybody's gonna be happy, and he's probably gonna see it seal his reelection with that. Um, but uh, generally speaking, you got to also remember that any black swan event that, ha- that can come down at any time, and a uh, terrorist attack or or a pension plan blowing up, or one of those things that uh, you don't see coming. And then I can look like a fool, and that guy can look like a fool if he's calling for a 10% return. And uh, all the bears, you know, Dr. Doom can look like geniuses. The truth is, is you just never know. So where I play my cards at was with, is with the cards that I have. And here's the cards that I have. Great president, uh, as far as as far as far bullish goes for the stock market, unemployment going down, uh, a paradigm shift from, uh pulling levers and, and, and making this and that to more of a technology which is higher paying jobs. Companies moving back from, from Ireland back to the United States. And we got if this tax reform goes through, uh you got obviously a, a lot of great initiative uh for the market to go up there as well. So I'm gonna go with those cards. I'm gonna play those cards. I'm not gonna go on what ifs because what if's get you in trouble. And uh and, and that's how I feel. I hope that answered your question.
3: It does. What, but there's also that double-edged sword. Just based on the the, the uh, disagreement we've seen between the House and the Senate, what <laughs> if it do, what if it doesn't go through, or something does go through that isn't close to what he wants? That could be, be the other pain. side.
2: Well, that's yeah, going to be it, some pain for Trump. It's going to be some pain for the market.
3: All right. So, I mean, you know, the, you know, no one knows for certain where that whole thing is going to go. So, I mean, like you say, you could be right, you could be wrong, but uh, but you have uh, good thoughts about it. So let's put it that way at this point in time.
2: Well, I'm going to give you underlying reasoning behind it. And I'm like, that are, he'll say, well, I graduated, or I got this this license from the Wharton School of Business, or I did this, or I did that, I went to Rutgers. Listen, that again, I tell you, that and 50 cents, isn't going to get you a cup of coffee, and it's definitely not going to get you a return because these guys, if you look at their track record, have been wrong. So, and, and again, they're doing the same thing I'm doing. Is I'm guessing at the I'm guessing at the market, and, and and we're doing our best guess based on you know the fundamentals that we're given. And right now, his fundamental the fundamentals don't back up what that guy's saying.
3: All right. Uh one other thing when you're talking about retailers one well, some of the concern they say with retailers is avoiding the discount spiral that they're talking about. To uh as far as you know sell, having good good sales but everything is so discounted that it's uh, that it's not necessarily good for the retailer. Um well, comments. Let me, let and, me put this and, and, in
2: layman's terms. For, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, uh,
3: I was just I was just looking. It says Sears, for example, has already put the whole store on sale, offering first of their kind discounts ranging from 10 to 50 percent at Sears stores and 10 to 40 percent at Kmart. Those sales <laughs> may have an impact on competitors like J.C. Penny, who's been looking to uh, get Sears, into Sears territory. Sales are also happening earlier on October uh, on November 1st on Amazon. So they're saying, you know, there's a lot of sales out there uh, as well. Um, any thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, I can go on on a full show. That's an economics class there. So let's use use an example, not, and I won't pound on you too hard. So let's say it costs Ron Verb ten to twelve bucks a mow, All right, let's say per yard, and you're charging X Y Z a, a month. Okay, if if you could you could have all the numbers in the you could have the you know obviously 1000 clients but if they're only paying you exactly what your, your your cost is on your most you're making zero money so you you might you might go to the bank happy giving giving you know say you got a bunch of clients paying say 50 bucks a month all right and then but when you're you're dishing out 50 bucks in, on on the on the on the debt side okay you're you're at a you're at a zero You're at a zero profit, right? So it's the same thing here. So Sears Sears is counting on a high volume, and they're in a value trap. So Sears is, and what these people are talking about and and other retailers are saying, well, we're going to discount the crap out of our our product and our services uh, to obviously attract people into our stores, and we're hoping that they buy enough in volume, not particular product but in volume of product, that we're going to make our number. We're hoping that they buy... You know the, the the this and that and and this and that over here and this and that. and They don't want to go to another store because time is scarce and they just want to get back home. I, I think I, I, and I don't blame them. Here's the thing: I, they can't compete with Amazon. They can't compete with online shopping. And they're just trying to they're just trying to keep the lights on. But at the end of the day, it's over. You know, they're just extending the in the inevitable. So if you have you either have the profit. Yeah, you either have the earnings per share or you don't, and and that that's exactly why I do what I do for a living. It's it's you can you can love your financial advisor or your stock analyst or your money manager all all you want, but at the end of the day, we are in a non in a non opinionated market. We are in a non opinionated occupation. You might have grown up with so and so, or he, he he plays he coaches the kids soccer games or whatever. That's all horse manure. Here's at the end of the day. Here's my results. Here's their results. Here's Sears' results. Here's Amazon's results. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. And if you don't like it, you're, 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 a, you're not thinking straight. And I'm saying that nicely. If you, maybe, maybe you don't like the facts, but the facts are what they are. It's like, whether you love or hate Dave Beatrice, if he can get you out of jail, you, you're going to go Dave Beatrice. He's going to get you out of jail. Mm-hmm. And versus the new guy out of college and might you might love but he's not gonna do anything that the judge is gonna laugh at him. It's the same exact story in my business. You either have the results or you don't. In this case, uh with Sears versus Amazon and on, on online retailers and every other brick and mortar retailer. At the end of the day you might like it, but you might not like uh you might not like where they're pricing things as an investor or, or shareholder, but they're just trying to make ends meet. And uh what you get is what you get.
3: right, the, obviously the future isn't bright for Sears or for Kmart or for a lot of these brick and mortar retailers. Uh, I'll be, you know remember H.H. H. Gregg we used to be around last year. It's no longer around, so who knows what retailers out there are going to going to be able to survive the convenience of buying online, right
2: yeah it, it it's, it's not Sears. I really don't know any brick and mortar that the future's bright for, do you? Uh, I'm, I'm, and here's the thing: I'm a I'm an old fashioned kind of guy. I'm a weirdo. I like to go into the store and talk to the, re, the the manager and and get a deal and this and that. But most people don't. But go ahead.
3: Well, no, I think, I think when it comes to buying things like cars, I think when it comes to buying things like furniture, you need to go and sit in it and drive it and that kind of stuff. I, I think those will always be solid as far as physical locations. But when it comes to buying, uh, stuff that you can buy like at, at, uh, at stores, I think it's, uh, might Consumer be a little more difficult. Stores, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really think the grocery business is going to change tremendously as time goes on too. Uh, you better adapt to it or you're going to be left behind. But, but you adjusted in your portfolios to this stuff as well. I mean, what you're monitoring this stuff and changing. I mean, you've been strong on Amazon. You've been strong in a number of areas. And, and I, I'm going to get into the second half just so people can stay tuned. I'm going to get into the second half in case you're hearing John for the first time. He is different from other financial planners. Just want to explain this quick because when you invest with him he will move things in and out of your portfolio you know without calling you based on you know i got to react to this stuff now uh because you're busy doing what you do he's watching this stuff to say okay this thing is tanking. i'm going to go here or i'm going to do this it's kind of a what i want to say a preemptive strike is what you're doing and in some cases a reactive strike is that fair to say john
2: it's yeah you hit it on the money that's a It's a really good analysis, preemptive and reactive, but it's mostly preemptive. For instance, I got beat up by a lot of investors, a lot of my peers, were buying Facebook when it was tanking off the IPO. They, people were looking at me cross What's wrong with you? For me, it was like simple. It was, it was like, hey, this particular company has very little cost. Uh, they have a they have a service that most people use, especially the buyers. The baby boomers love Facebook, and they they're taking over media to where. You can advertise on Facebook and, and reach millions of viewers for 30 bucks a month, and these guys like Coke have to advertise for 30, 50 million dollars for every 30 second commercial in the Super Bowl to hit the same amount of viewers. This was a no-brainer for me. And, uh, so you talk about a preemptive strike, that was a preemptive strike. Um, I can say that on a reactive strike, on a, or in preactive, like, for instance, one of my losers that took a long time to become a winner was Duncan Don. Dunk. Dunkin' Donuts is a winner now, but it really didn't knock the sock off the ball, and it still doesn't, and that was a common-sense play there, to where I'm looking up and down the road, and and when I'm in Florida, the same thing's happening. They got cars literally on the street, to where you have to call a a local deputy to to conduct traffic, because people want to pay three and a half bucks for a a medium iced coffee. (laughs) That, to me, is like a no-brain situation. That's a no-brainer situation. Let's invest in this, but... Uh, That particular stock has been slow coming. It's it's at a nice profit now, but man, it took us years to get there versus some of our other stuff. So, my so back to your point, yeah. My 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 my. Well, we gotta we gotta hit the break. We'll come back to it when you get done.
3: All right. So we're talking with John Arnold. We'll come back and pick it up with John. Put him on standby, Steve. We'll come back and talk with John after this. News Radio Five Seventy KVN. We're live at Stadium GM in the heart of Salem. We'll be right back.
0: Live from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios, O'Charlie's, good food, good times. This is 570 WKBN. Youngstown Warren's only news radio.
1: Here's what's happening in the Valley. 19-year-old station Dates gets 21 years in prison for his part in a deadly shootout three years ago. Dates took a plea deal to avoid trial. He pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter and other charges related to the death of Jesse Davidick. A Trumbull County woman just cashed in a lottery ticket that she bought in 2009. Mary Buckner of Vienna knew she won at least $5,500 in the $100,000 a year for life game, but she was also entered into a drawing for the top prize, and it took Eight years for all of the finalists to turn in their tickets. The grand prize drawing was then held. Buckner won guaranteed payments for 30 years, and she took the cash option, getting one and a half million dollars. USA Today rated the best mall to shop at in each state on Black Friday, and Ohio's best mall is the Valley's very own Eastwood Mall. Storm Team 27 forecast decreasing clouds with highs in the low 40s. Low tonight in the low 30s. From the Insurance Experts, R. Kashmirian, Associates News Center. I'm Macy Jepson. On news radio 570 wkbn fox news radio i'm debbie hanley victims and family members of the mass shooting at a country music concert in las vegas are suing mgm hotels and live nation attorney chad pinkerton says having more security could have helped cameras
4: would be important in a case like this they could have identified uh, the perpetrator moving in and out of his hotel room, what he was
1: taking into his hotel room. 58 people were killed. CBS News has suspended Charlie Rose, and PBS will halt production of his show following a sexual harassment report. Eight women came forward charging sexual misconduct. President Trump says the tax reform bill will simplify tax filing.
2: Most families
3: will be able to file on a single sheet of paper.
1: Forbes has crowned Beyonce as the highest paid woman in music. Fox News, we report, you decide.
0: Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. 9 dollars menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's.
4: For that perfect gift, visit Deneen's Jewelry and Gifts. 822 North State Street, Girard. Quiet weather this evening and overnight, staying mainly clear, staying breezy too, lows falling into the low 30s. Increasing clouds for your Tuesday, still gusty wind, highs near 50. Rain showers will develop into your Tuesday night, mixing to snow showers toward Wednesday morning, less than an inch, lows near 30. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel.
0: Now 39. This
3: is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Okay, and we're back at it. It's News Radio 570 WTQN. John Arnold is our guest. And, you know, I always like to explain a little bit about John in case you're hearing him for the first time. When it comes to investing with John, it is a different philosophy. You know, John Arnold does not make his money by selling and by doing trades, you know, by saying, okay, buy this, sell this, and buy that by uh, on commissions like that. He doesn't uh, operate that way. He uh, is a guy that is a financial manager, which means, you know, when you come to him, John will basically it's an interview process, right? John, between you and the prospective, uh, investor to see what, what, what their goals are and what their age is and all this kind of stuff. And then you lay out a game plan for that person that you think is realistic for them and for their age and this kind of stuff. See if you guys can agree on that. And then you wait for the right time to put them into that particular fund that you or family that you have organized, uh, for them. Correct?
2: Yeah, you, you you literally hit it right in bullseye, dead that's dead, dead dead right in the in the head. Yeah, so thank you very much for that description. Um that's exactly me. I could tell you something else we're doing. I think the listenership and definitely you will like, is we're 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 giving our high net worth investors something I think a little bit different in terms of of. of of truly just getting paid on performance in my situation. So currently majority of my book of business, like our average I think our, our average account's like two sixty seven to three fifty uh in total in total invested assets. And normally those people pay us one percent a year monthly divided meaning one twelfth divided by one one percent divided by twelve or like one twelfth a month. Uh so we measure the accounts monthly and we take a, you know, obviously a portion of the of the, uh, the account value. If it goes down, we lose with the client. If it goes up, we, we gain with the client. And lo- clients love that because we eat all the tra- transactional cost, Transactional costs. I, I eat trading costs. I eat IRA fees. I, I, I eat literally any fee that will come up. We do what's called a wrap account to where my clients don't get nickel and dime. Here's what we, you're paying me to perform. This, this is, we're on the same team. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Uh, I'm going to be wrong sometimes, and when I am, I'm going to hurt with you. And we're right. We're gonna we're gonna be happy with you. But we're doing something a little bit different for our high network accounts and institutional investors and endowment funds that we manage. And we're doing just strictly a percentage on on profit. Meaning that, let's say somebody um, has five hundred thousand dollars with us, they say, well, at the end of the year, we'll pay you ten percent of the gain. And if you make zero, you get zero. So basically, if I don't make anything for the client. John Arnold makes nothing either. And, and and people are really loving that because there's a lot 'cause a lot of people don't have the in our business don't have the guts or the fortitude or, or the, the revenue to be to be candid to do that and and we do. So we're putting truly our money where our mouth is by doing that and it's revolutionary in our area and, and I'm proud of it and uh that's the way we're going and and, and so for our very high net worth listeners out there Literally, we're putting our, our line in the sand saying, if you don't make any money, we won't either. And we're going to eat the cost of managing your money on the trading cost and the custodial cost of paying the staff and all those things. But it's got to be a high net worth investor. to where it, it, make, it makes mathematical sense for both of us.
3: Right. But I want to emphasize something that you mentioned just uh, so people understand. You eat the cost. You eat the cost of any of the trades you do and that kind of stuff. It does not go against the person who you're doing them for. Uh, So so you take that cost. You just get a percentage, a small percentage off of the performance of that particular account. In, in, in addition to that, you also, with your investors, have the ability, without calling them, to be able to move in and out of things. Talk a little bit about that and why that is uh, so people understand, you know, when I say you're a money manager, that's how you're a true money manager.
2: Yeah, we, we so whether you're performing surgery or on the golf course or fixing some designs or like Cindy Lawson Heiser selling real estate, etc., uh, who's, by the way, a fantastic agent. So uh, we are... We are uh, truly managing their money on their behalf because they don't have the time to be bothered. They don't have the time to, um, I, you know, just, they just, they're doing their thing and they're paying us to do our thing. It would be like calling, imagine calling your accountant every, say, end of the month and saying, well, do this, do that, and do this, and do that. He, he or she can never get their job done. And the same applies in, in our firm to where, hey, the market's moving at light speed. We're trying to keep up with the computers as they are. And for me to have to wait for you to get back to me to give me permission to buy this or that or sell this or that if, as, as, you know, it's falling like a knife uh, is just not going to work for us. So we don't allow what's called non-discretionary accounts. Either someone gives us the permission and trusts us, discretionary uh, accounts, or they don't. Now, there's a lot of clients that say, hey, John, if, you, you know, if you're making a half-million-dollar move or a $250,000 move. Hey, do that and protect me or get get me that gain that you're trying to get. But please call me the next day or in a couple days, call me and tell me why, which strategy. Now, we do that all the time, and that's that's beautiful because that's good for the client. It's good for us. Uh, It's good for for the relationship. They understand it. But to tell you the truth, I'm going to say 95% of our clients say, uh, when the market's making money, you better make me money. If the market's losing money, I want you to try to minimize the loss as much as you can.